We all must hold our plans very loosely. The Bible is full of passages where God promises his people that he will direct our paths, he will guide our steps, and as we follow him, we will accomplish more than we ever could on our own. Listen to some of these as I read them. Psalm 17, verse 5. Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. Psalm 23, a beloved one. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Psalm 25, verse 4 Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 3. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. That means God knows when you're going to sit down and when you're going to stand up. He says, you, Psalmist says, God understands my thought from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. Psalm 1611, he says, you will show me the path of life. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 521, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That verse right there tells us we better hold these things loosely. We can plan our way, and it is wise, but the Lord directs the steps that we take. And Isaiah 42, 16, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. You know, God's going to lead you down some paths this year that you didn't intend to go down. Some good and some you're going to think not so good. I will bring the blind by the way, a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. And there are so many others. I left so many others out about all the things the Bible has to say about God directing his people and his people looking to God. So if only one person knows what's in this column, and be assured he already knows. You're 2020, God already knows every day. What are we to do? The answer to that question lies in our fifth action that God expects from his people. We started this several months ago took, talking about what God wants from his people. He wants all of our heart. He tells us in the great commission or the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. We talked about another element of this in Deuteronomy. He says, seek the Lord with all your heart. Then we talked about serving the Lord with all of our heart. 
And we ended the year with obeying the Lord with all of our heart. So we start the new year with this command, with this uh, aspect of, of uh, with all of our heart. What else are we to do with all of our heart? How, if, what are we to do if God knows this and we don't? What are we to do? Well, if you have your Bibles and you want to use them this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to use some Proverbs from Psalms a good bit today. But turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6. And right away, those of you who are familiar with this passage know exactly what it says. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There it is, number five. Love, seek, serve, obey. Now, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Today, I'm just going to give you the principle. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Over the next several weeks, we'll talk about the practice, what that looks like. But you know, there are three main types of people when it comes to the future. See which one you fall into. There's the planet all-outers. The planet all-outers. They, they want detailed plans of what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day or this month, next month. And all their bills and all their expected income and all their expected... They're planet all-outers. Some of you are planet all-outers. Some of you are the second type. Fly by the seat of your pantsers. <laughs> well, whatever happens, happens. Just going to take it as it comes. And then some of you are the third type. And I would imagine there's probably more of you in this third type than there are in the first two. And that are warriors. Warriors. You're not so much a planner. Not so much a fly by. You just worry about the future. Oh, what's going to happen? I don't know how we're going to do that. Worry, 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 worry. But you know there's a fourth type? It's called the trusters. That's God's type of people when it comes to the future. What does it mean to trust in God? In this context, in Proverbs 3, as well as many other passages of Scripture, it means to rely on, to depend on, to look to for guidance, deliverance, provision, to expect from. Listen to some scriptures that use this as this word as a definition. Proverbs 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way. What if we filled in the blank and we changed that word way to commit your year to the Lord, commit your day to the Lord, commit your job to the Lord, commit your family to the Lord, commit whatever it is, your decision that you're worried about, commit it to the Lord, trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will make it work out according to his plan. But you got to commit it to him, and you got to trust him with it. I mean, how many of us are guilty of saying, okay, Lord, I'm giving this to you, and then tomorrow morning you wake up and you do what? You take it right back. How many of us are guilty of that? I think we're all guilty of that. we got to commit it to him, trust him with it. And then Psalm chapter 18, 
In verse 2, he says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Wow, those are, that's a great verse to meditate on. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Did you know trust is an exercise of the will? It's not an emotion. It's a decision that you make. You commit it to the Lord and you exercise your will to trust him with it. I will depend on, rely on, commit it to him. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, there's a lot of things we could trust in. In this verse, he talks about the, mil the might of the military. It says, we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. What else would we trust in besides the mighty name of our God? Psalm 31, verse 13 to 15. The Bible says, For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Do you know sometimes you need to say it? You need to speak it? We can't, I think there are times that we get so overwhelmed and so overcome with, with our life and our plans and our future that uh, we just need to take the word of God and speak it out loud. We need to read it to ourselves and, and let our souls hear it from even our own mouths. The psalmist said, I say, quotation marks, you are my God. You're the one that I trust. Verse 15 says, my times are in, what does it say? Your hand. My times are in your hand. Psalm 91 in verse 2. I will say of the Lord, quotation marks, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Notice the quotation marks again. Notice that the psalmist says again, I'm going to say this. Maybe that's what we need to practice this year as we plan or or as we fly by the seat of our pants, or, or as, instead of worrying, we, we say these things. God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. God, I trust, depend on, rely on you. Psalm 115, verse 9 through 11. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9. It's better to trust, to depend on, rely on the Lord than to put your confidence in man. That includes yourself. That includes anybody else close to you. It's better to put your trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes, that is, rulers, that is, people with power, influence, wealth. It's better to trust in the Lord than any of those things. Psalm 146, in verse 3, the Bible says, Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. 
And then verse chapter uh, 143, verse 8 says, Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. You see, all of these are some biblical uh, pictures of what it means to trust in the Lord. It means to depend on, rely on, and, and God's people trust God. If you aren't trusting in the Lord, you're trusting in something or someone. Money. What if God were to remove? What if part of the what if one of the paths that God had for you this year? The plan is I want to make more money. The reality is you may make less. You may lose your job. You may get demoted or looked over or promotion or something. Where's your trust? Some trust in their influence, your connections, who you know. Some trust in their position, their power, their prestige, the fact that they're known. Some trust in their friends or their family. And many of us are guilty of trusting in ourselves. That's why the next phrase of our text in Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what's the next phrase? And lean not. Do not depend on your own understanding. The word lean means pretty much the same thing as the word trust in this verse. It means to rely on for support, to put your weight on. If you're leaning on something, you know, I'm not going to lean too heavy on this pulpit. You saw that move, didn't you? I mean, if I lean too heavy, we, both of us are going over the, the edge. Well, I don't trust this pulpit to keep me from falling off. But I can trust God. I can lean. I can put my weight on him. Do not put your weight on. Do not put your support in your, our own understanding. What is our understanding? Well, it includes your education. We've got the youngest of the young in here just starting off. In elementary school, kindergarten, preschool, all the way to those who have doctor's degrees in here today, and everybody in between. Doesn't matter. Don't lean on that. It'll fail you. Experience. Again, we have the youngest of the young in here who have absolutely very little experience in life at all. And I used to tell my kids all the time, I've been your age, you've never been mine. In other words, I've got more experience in what you're going through than you have. If you just listen to me, life would go better. I think that's what God's trying to say to us too. And then we have the oldest of the old, maybe in here too. 70s, 80s, some even in their 90s in here today that have many life experiences. You know what? Don't trust that either. Your understanding. Some of us have knowledge. You know what knowledge does, the Bible says? It just makes you proud. And what's the number one sin God's, on God's hate list? Pride. 
You think, I know all these things. I've learned so much. I can fall back on my knowledge or my skill. No, you can't. God will let you fall flat on your face if that's the case. Do not trust in, lean on, put your weight on your own understanding, your own experience, your own education, your own knowledge, your own anything. You know, it doesn't matter how much education you have, how long you've lived, how many experiences you have had, good or bad, how savvy you are. It's nothing when you compare it to the unsearchable knowledge of God. I mean, who in here would say, I'll take my education, my experience, my knowledge, and I'll trust in that compared to God's unsearchable wisdom and knowledge and not trust in that? Who in their right mind would take their puny understanding compared to God's infinite understanding? But we do it every stinking day. Day. And can you imagine how offended our God is at us who call ourselves his people, but we don't trust him. We're self-consumed. We think we know more than we know. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God? What does that phrase mean? The God who existed before anything existed, who is self-existent, pre-existent, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You cannot exhaust God's knowledge and wisdom. The Bible tells us in Romans eleven thirty three, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Listen, folks, we are not smarter than God. God knows more about your finances than you do. God knows more about your business and your career than you do. God knows more about how to do church than we do. God knows more about anything than we do. We just have to trust him. You don't have to have your life figured out. You have to trust God. That's why we rely on him, depend on him, put our weight on him because he has our life figured out. You know, the Bible says even before a day of our life ever came to be, he had it figured out. Psalm 139. So how do we trust? Well, verse 6 of our text, Proverbs 3, tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Then he says how to do this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what another way of saying that would be? Do nothing without his counsel. How do you want your 2020 reality column to look like? 
If only he knows what it looks like at this very moment, and you can only hope that it turns out a certain way. But you want it to be what God wants it to be. He says here, we got to do nothing without his counsel. We have to acknowledge him in how many of our ways? The big ones? The major ones? The ones that I think I can't handle? The ones that I can't seem to get a grip on? That's the ones we usually pray about, isn't it? Is that what he says? If you come to a problem that you can't handle, please acknowledge me. Please get my counsel. Is that what he says? But is that our reality? I'm getting that look from y'all again. It tells me I'm hitting home. Because I know that's the, that's the way I do things sometimes too. We only turn to God's advice and counsel when it's too big for us. And why do we think it's too big for us? Why do we think we can handle all these other things? And Because we're trusting in our education, our experience, our knowledge, our understanding. And when we find something that reaches the limits of those things, then we turn to God. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's rebellion against God. That's disobedient sheep to our shepherd. He says, in all of our ways, seek his counsel. Acknowledge him. Include him. Proverbs 19, 21 tells us there are many plans in a man's heart. But the Lord's counsel, that's what will stand. It's the Lord's counsel that you and I need. Pray. Seek God. Study his word on any particular matter of your life. And make sure your plans, your goals, your decisions line up with the principles of God's word. And when in doubt, get counsel. Get counsel from others. Other godly people. For example, what the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 18, the Bible says, plans are established by counsel. You don't know everything. And even when you pray and seek God and, and study his word, we find many times clear direction. But then things are still maybe, you may find there's some things are still muddy. You just need some input from someone else, another godly person that you trust. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And here's the great promise. And he. He. Who's he? God. Will. Not may. Not you can hope. You can, you can just maybe so, hope so. He says he will direct your paths. You want God's leadership? You've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can't depend on your own understanding. You've got to include him, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he guarantees, he guarantees he will direct your paths. He will make your paths straight.
He will make this column look like this column. Now, none of us are going to do that perfectly. I wish we could. But all of us, every follower of Christ in this room, can do what we've said. We can trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We can stop depending on our own understanding. We can acknowledge him in all of our ways. And we can experience his perfect direction. Do you want your vision for 2020 to look like God's? Well, this is the prescription. But here's the rub. Not everybody wants to take that prescription. Here's what God prophesied through Jeremiah, chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. And by the way, let me stop there. The word, the phrase old paths doesn't mean the way you did them when you were a kid. doesn't mean the way your granddaddy did it. doesn't mean the, the days of the old, uh, when people say I miss the old days. That's not what he's talking about here. The word old means everlasting. I looked it up. Whose ways are everlasting? Not yours. <laughs> Don't matter how old you are, he ain't talking about your ways. He's not talking about the new ways. He's talking about God's ways. He said, ask for the everlasting ways, the, the way that's been laid out for you from the beginning. Did you know God laid out your life from the beginning? Before you were ever a sparkle in your mom or dad's eye. He says, ask for the old ways, where the good ways, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. There are some of you here today, I don't know who you are, only God knows your heart. But you don't really care. You're going to still plan your way. You're still going to fly by the seat of your pants. You're still going to worry. And you're going to have a miserable 2020. Or you'll just have the best of what you can do. And you'll miss the best of what God can do. That's your choice. That's the rub. You see, we can trust in the Lord. We can stop leaning on our own understanding. We can acknowledge him in all of our ways. We can experience his direction or we can't. The ball's in your court. It's not in God's. It's in your court. It's in my court. Some will still choose to say, nope, I'm not going to do it that way. I don't care about the way God's laid out for me. I want to do it Frank Sinatra's way. These kids are here, Frank, who's that? That's one of the old ways. He did it. How did Frank Sinatra do it? My way. My way. Ain't got time for all that prayer stuff and seeking God and looking at the Bible before I act. Ain't got time for that. I'll just do what seems best and I'll just do what seems right to me and I'll just hope for the best. That's the way a lot of people do things. 
And the Bible has something to say about that too. It says it twice in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and chapter 16. He said, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you can live that way, but you won't experience the life, the joy, the delight, the peace, and the power of God in your life this year if you still live that way. I want us to bow our heads together this morning. Can we use that verse, those two verses in Proverbs 3, as our commitment to the Lord this morning? As God's people, can we say to him today, God, today I'm making a commitment to trust in you with all my heart. Would you tell God that? And God, with your help and with your grace, I will cease depending on my own understanding. And God, I will start or continue to seek your counsel in all of my ways. And I trust you to direct my paths. Please make my 2020 your 2020. There could be someone here today that really this is far into 